Father, I thank you for this passage that we can look at again tonight. And I ask that you would uh, just guide us through this to your word, that that it would uh, help our understanding and then not only help our understanding, but give us the strength to obey. Lord, we want to be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, as we were talking this morning about praise and are continuing on that, this morning we looked at some reasons why we struggle giving praise to God and then uh, some, of the, some of the examples and some of the things to help us in praising him. But praise should be a constant in a Christian's life, no matter what the circumstances of life, good, bad, or otherwise. And that's the amazing thing about praise. It is not dependent on what happens in your life. We can say that because we, when we look at God's word, we see uh, in the life of Job, when everything was taken from him, earthly speaking, it says that, that Job knelt down and worshipped. What did he do? He knelt down and praised God. So when he lost everything, he could still kneel down and praise God. Um, we, we know that Paul, as he was in prison, was still praising God in, in horrible, as he was sitting there in prison, what we can't imagine going through different things. He was still able to praise God. So praise should be a constant in our life. Um, so tonight we want to look at this passage again and look at the examples or look at the reasons why we ought to praise him. We, we could uh, look at so many different um, passages of why we ought to praise him. But here we see multiple things uh, in this psalm, Psalm 100, of reasons to praise him. And the first one we see is found in verse 1. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. So reason to praise him, number one, is because he is Lord. He is Lord over everything over heaven and over earth. Take comfort in that. Understanding that he is the one that's in control. He is sovereign. In uh, Psalm 97, it says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. That the Lord is the one who reigns. Throughout the history of mankind, there have been powers that have risen up that have thought that they were the supreme power of the earth. You know, we've had uh, that happen. Some some are were OK leaders. Some were out to take over and were horrible, uh, killing millions of people along the way. But they thought that they could be Lord of the earth. But there is only one Lord and he is in heaven and it says in Psalm 97 that he is the one that reigns. Right there, that should be cause us to be filled with praise to him. You know, all the shifting of authority that is going on around the world, that he is Lord. There is no one that is going to take that from him. But reason number two to praise him says in verse three, in verse two, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Praise him because he alone is God. 
He alone is God. In Isaiah 45 and verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will gird you though you have not known me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Um, Throughout, some of you may say, oh, are you talking about sports again? I hate sports. But we all have different things that we like, things that we don't like, different passions. And, And I've always enjoyed sports. There's always, no matter what sport you follow, there's always a debate going on of who is the greatest of all time. And people love debating this partly because there's never, like, you can never prove that this person is the greatest, maybe except for Michael Phelps, who just shattered all the records as far as swimming is concerned. But if you're talking about football, you will have people say, this is the greatest quarterback of all time. No, this is the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, he did this and he did that. Um, people are always talking, who is the greatest? We want to know who is the greatest of all time. And as we look here, we see, says, I am the Lord God. There is no other. There is no other. There is no comparison the championship, the title for the greatest of all time is not open to interpretation. He alone is God. There are any number of things in our life that can rise up that want to be God in our life. It can be sports and um, that can be a real temptation. It can be gardening. You think gardening? Yeah, we can we can make that our God. But, you know, only he alone is God. Only he alone is worthy. In the the account of Daniel, you remember Daniel in the lion's den and Daniel, after he was uh, obedient to God and continued fervent in prayer, he was cast into the lion's den And uh, the king was concerned about one of his best men. And, you know, he stayed up all night praying for Daniel and then ran down there to check on him and was overjoyed and relieved to find that Daniel was okay. And at the end of all of that in Daniel chapter six, King Darius wrote a decree to all the people that said to all peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Well, he's saying, you know what? I have seen firsthand that he alone is God. Over and over you see in uh, the children of Israel that he reminded them, I alone am God. And we need that reminder in our lives as well, that he alone is God. Nothing else is worthy to share that title with him. But in verse 3, he goes on and he says, He is God, 
It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We should praise him because he is the creator. He is the creator. In the beginning, God created. He spoke the words and it was done. He did not. um, If he did not create this world, if he did not create you and I, that would make him a liar. Because he said he created all things. And we know that his word is true. That he spoke the words and it happened. In Ephesians 2 and verse 10 it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Because he is the creator, he is also the owner. He is the owner. As owner, he is in control. Um, He is in control. I was talking to somebody earlier about, uh, they were saying, boy, I enjoy working this job because I'm not the owner of it. And all that responsibility falls on somebody else. You know, I can come to work, do my job, go home. And all that responsibility doesn't fall on me. God as owner is the one who is responsible. Now, I can either take comfort in that and rest in that and be filled with praise because of that, or so many times I can try to take ownership of areas of my life back from him. So he is creator and he is owner. Do I rest in the fact that he is the one who is in control and responsible, or do I try to take that from him? He is creator, and in verse 3 it says, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is the good shepherd, his word tells us. As his sheep, he knows us. He knows your weaknesses. He knows my weaknesses. I've shared with you before um, of my uh, growing up, I was able to purchase a couple of bottle lambs. Some of you have heard about this before. Others have not. And I loved, have, I loved having them. I had two little bottle lambs and would go out and feed them every day. And it's so much fun because once they get used to you, they just come running up. I mean, they're so friendly. Well, one of my younger siblings uh, went out to visit the lambs one time and left the gate open. And our dog thought that that was time for a free meal and managed to get in there and get a hold of one of the lambs' leg. He wanted a nice leg of lamb, I guess, and uh, didn't kill the lamb. I got out there before that, but broke its leg, and it, it was not doing too good. So I took it into the vet, and they actually put its leg in a cast and mended it all up, and I took it home and paid my vet bills, and I thought, man, I was hoping to have some bottle lambs, raise them, sell them, make a little money off of it. Yeah, that didn't work out. So the so of the two, one of them had a broken leg with a cast that as it went on, and some of you have seen this happen to animals, that it was favoring the other leg so much that it started to started to bow. And its other leg then, when we took the cast off, the broken one was okay, but the other leg was, was messed up. And for whatever reason, a couple months down the road, the, that lamb died. So I was down to one lamb, and taking care of it, 
And I went out there to feed it one day, and normally it would run, run right up to me and start eating. And it ran up to me, but when I reached out my hand to, to touch it, which I had done countless times before, the lamb took off running in the pasture and just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And I thought, I've never seen it do this. This is, this is crazy. So I waited there a while, and it just kept running. It just kept running. And this, this is odd. I guess, you know, I don't know, what, I don't know what it's been eating. I don't know what's going on. And it ran around, and I thought, I'll come back in a little while and check on it. I come back later and go to our barn, look inside, and the lamb's laying on the ground dead. The only thing that we could ever figure out with this lamb is my mom has flowers along the fence line, and she had a bunch of poppy flowers, which have opium in it, and we think our, my lamb overdosed. Now, I share that to say that God is the good shepherd. I was not a very good shepherd. I did not remove the dangers from the animals that I was supposed to be taking care of. But God is the good shepherd. He knows what you need. And it says in John that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. In Psalm 23, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Think how personal that was. He was saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He knows me. And he said, because of that, I shall not want. He said, I'm not going to. God knows my needs and he will give me what I need. So the Lord is my shepherd. He knows you and that should cause you to be filled with praise. But you should praise him because in verse five, it says the Lord is good. Over and over in Psalm, it says, praise him because he is good. This morning we shared Psalm 34 where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was talking to Jason and we're talking how the the state fair is is starting here soon. And it got me thinking about state fair food. And just saying, oh man, you know, food on a stick at the fair. You can already begin thinking like, oh yeah, this year if I go to the fair, I'm going to get this. I'm going to try this. You know, this is a new food that they have. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In Psalm 136, it says it again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. I hope that you can look through your life and say, man, the Lord is good. Look at his dealing in my life. Look at how he has worked in my heart. The Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. There is no end to his mercy. In first Chronicles 16 and verse 34, it says, Oh, give thanks to thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Aren't you glad that you don't have to wake up each day and say, am I going to have mercy for today? Is God going to be merciful to me today? It says that his mercy endures forever. And then it ends verse five and it says, and his truth endures to all generations. The uh, picture that it was painting that they were painting when they said that is the picture of one generation being born and dying 
being born and dying. So a generation just going, generation, next generation, next generation, just one right after another, one following another, all going, ending, going, ending, while the faithfulness of God remained constant. So when this was written to now, the truth endures to all generations, yours and mine and however many more that God permits. The truth endures to all generations. And then I just have three more things that I, I couldn't help but, but think on as we're talking about why should I praise him? Because he is always with me. You know, this brings so much praise and comfort. In Hebrews 13, 5, he gives the promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is such a comforting thought that even if you're surrounded by loved ones or all alone, whatever it might be, that God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You can promise your loved ones, I will always stay with you, but we can't keep that promise. We don't know what might happen in life. We might be taken, we may have a car accident and might be taken. We cannot make that promise. But when God said, I will never leave you or forsake you, that means when you're going through the best of times in your life or the worst of times, God is there with you. That should cause us to shout out with joy, as it says in verse 1. So as I'm thinking of God is always with me, I think of Romans 8 where it says, okay, if God be for me, who can be against me? The battles that I'm facing in life. If God is with me and he is for me, then why should I fear? What can man do unto me? So praise him because he is with me. Praise him for his love for us. You can't think of his love for us without going to John 3:16 that he loved us so much that he gave everything. He gave his most precious gift. And back in Romans 8 it says, "Okay, what can separate us from the love of God?" can distress, can persecution. And I'll be honest, sometimes when when I look and think, man, are we going to face persecution here in the United States? We don't know that. But if God is with me, what can separate me from his love? Not even persecution, not even death. So we praise him for his love. And then lastly, we praise him for his victory. Not only victory over death that we can look forward to the hope of heaven, but victory over sin. And in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Do you know the victory working in your life? Um, I, I found this and I don't know who uh who quote said this quote, but they said, if you find yourself wearing a spirit of heaviness, try on a garment of praise. That idea of if you're really battling discouragement, weariness, try praising the Lord. Um, and I just wanted to wanted to make mention of a couple of songs and think of the words of these songs and their praise of the Lord. The first song is, is the song, All People That on Earth Do Dwell. And listen, it says, All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with mirth, his praise foretell, 
Come ye before him and rejoice. Know that the Lord is God indeed. Without our aid, he did us make. We are his folk. He doth us feed and for his sheep. He doth us take. Oh, enter then his gates with praise. Approach with joy his courts. Praise, laud, and bless his name always. And then verse 4 of that song says, Because the Lord our God is good, his mercy is forever sure. His truth at all times firmly stood and shall from age to age endure. And then I thought of the song, I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing about the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command and all the stars obey. I sing about the goodness of the Lord that he filled the earth with food. He formed creatures through his word. And then he pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed, where'er I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread or gaze up to the sky, if I look down at the ground or gaze up at the sky, your wonders are everywhere. There's not a plant or flower below, but it makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow, And rain skips over Sheraton by order from thy throne. He is in control of it. While all that borrows life from thee, our life is in his hand, is ever in thy care. And everywhere that man can be, thou God art present there. And then one last song says, O worship the king, all glorious above Oh, gratefully sing his power and his love. He is our shield. He is our defender. He is the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Oh, tell of his might. Sing of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space. His chariots of wrath, the deep thunderclouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. Your bountiful care. What tongue can recite? It breathes in the air. It shines in the light. It streams from the hills. It descends to the plain and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. And in all of this, it's been praising him for what he is. And it says, verse 4 says, frail children of dust and feeble as frail in you do we trust nor find you to fail your mercies how tender they are, how firm to the end. You are our maker, you are our defender, you are our redeemer, and you are our friend. He is greatly to be praised. So I I hope that our hearts are moved with, we have such a wonderful God. How can I not shout for joy of his goodness, that the Lord is good? And we should want to share that, not only as we're here in church, But we should want to share that with everybody that God brings into our lives. Let me share with you how good God is. Let's go to him and ask him for help at this time. Lord, it is our prayer, it is my prayer that through our lives, 
we could show forth your greatness. Lord, that is not something that, that I can do in my own power. It, um, it is not something that we can uh, come up with in our own strength. We want to, through your Spirit's working, show forth your greatness. So, Lord, I thank you for this passage. I thank you that you are God. There is no other. I thank you that you are perfect in all your ways. Lord, help us that this might be just a taste of your goodness and that it would whet our appetite to know you even more, that we would have a desire to, to know you and uh, to search your word to say, oh, I, I have to know more about this great God that I serve. Lord, I thank you that you desire to know and have a relationship with us, and you did everything to make that possible. Lord, we love you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.